Postcards from a Dying World, the podcast. For more than a decade, I've reviewed over 1,000 books that are mostly science fiction, horror, and bizarro. This feed will feature bonus audio I have produced over the years, as well as a monthly digest of reviews based on what I've read each month, plus the occasional bonus material about my own fiction. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Postcards from a Dying World, a special bonus episode. I'm here representing my man, Sammy Terry, to talk about horror movies. But what we're going to talk about is classic horror novels that should be made into horror movies, TV series, or, uh, well, anything, basically a Hollywood production. I'm David Agronov here of Postcards from a Dying World. And, uh, you know, there's been some really exciting things happening with modern horror. We've got Paul Tremblay and uh, Josh Mellerman. Like, well, Paul Tremblay's got... Uh, Cabin at the End of the World, which is my favorite of his novels. It's going to be a movie soon called Knock at the Cabin by M. Night Shyamalan. Of course, we've already seen Josh Mellerman's Bird Box and Tim Levin's The Silence, Sarah Pembroke, uh, Behind Her Eyes. These are all modern horror things. So, you know, I think modern horror is covered in a lot of ways. But what I'd like to see is some classic works of horror fiction that might have been overlooked uh, get let the movie treatment. So these are 10 projects that if Hollywood tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, David, what do you want to do to make a horror movie uh, based on a classic work? You can adapt anything you want. What would you do? And I'm going to start with number 10, Crota by Owl Going Back. This is a really great novel um, and a classic work that could really, it's a Bram Stoker award-winning novel that might come across as just another monster novel, but Owl Going Back is a trailblazing Native American uh, horror author who really delivers not only readable page turners, but something that, you know, comes very noticeably from a different culture. And Crota starts as a murder mystery and its monster and mythology stuff is all really, really well written. And it comes off with a real campfire feel to it. it it's really good stuff. It's been adapted into a graphic novel before. Uh, there's audiobooks out there. You can uh, get into this book in many, many ways. I really feel like you could make a really great movie of Crota without like breaking the bank on budget. So yeah, number 10, Crota. So number nine is Earthworm Gods, a.k.a. The Conqueror Worms, by Brian Keane. So, listeners of my podcast, you know Brian, and because he's recently been on, he was on our Who Goes There episode uh, panel on the adaptation, or the, the story that inspired the, the thing. So, Earthworm Gods, this would be, this would take a little bit more of a budget than our number 10, but it's based on an early novel by Grandmaster of Horror, Brian Keane. It starts with Rain biblical pounding rain i'm talking serious rain uh this this novel is it's very cosmic horror in a in one sense and well brian is known for kind of reinvigorating the zombie genre with the rising um i think earthworm gods is one of his best horror concepts uh although i did like darkness on the edge of town as well as far as just a concept goes and um, I'm a big fan of, of King's Lost Level books. But uh, this one, I feel like, has the ability to do for Serious Rain what, you know, Psycho did for Showers and, and, and uh, 
you know, freaking people out about that. So yeah, um, Brian Keynes, the Earthworm Gods, uh, very good stuff. So number eight is a short story, and it's one of two short stories, not, not, not a novel that we have on the list. And number eight is Sticks by Carl Edward Wagner, published in Whispers the year I was born. Sticks is one of the all-timers, um, all-timer horror short stories. Uh, you know, one problem is that people will think that you are jacking jacking. <laughs> Uh, oops, you are ripping off the style of True Detective by making this, but no, this, uh, that whole stick figure imagery thing uh, basically was, was um, you know, taken from this story. Uh, the story combines a country gothic haunted house theme with a light Cthulhu mythos and rolls it into a very scary, scary package. Now we talked about this story once before on the podcast in the top 10 horror short stories panel with Laird Barron, Mary San Giovanni, and Judge Mark Rothenberg. So go back and listen to that episode. That's a long panel discussion, uh, very different from this top 10 list, but uh, I highly recommend that. And Sticks is a must read. So definitely get on that. So number seven has one of the greatest titles for a horror novel ever, ever, ever. Uh, I mean, seriously, it's a great title. So number seven, Choir of Ill Children by Tom Piccarelli. Um, I have to admit, I'm not a huge Tom Pick reader, uh, but Choir of Ill Children is just one of the greatest titles. And it's a really incredible novel. It's not like anything else that he ever wrote. It's not like anything anyone else ever wrote. It's just an uncomfortably bizarro Southern Gothic that is almost impossible to explain. I have a hard time believing anyone could make a faithful adaptation of Choir of Ill Children, but, you know, if anyone had the guts to produce an even semi-faithful take on this novel, I mean, we're daydreaming here with this list, so we might as well just, uh, you know, go for it. But uh, it would rule. You have psychic triplets, witches, freaks, crime, um, it's kind of impossible to explain what a crazy phantasmagoria this novel is. It's like, it's just crazy. So if you made like a David Lynchian style insanity, I mean, it would be incredible. And I dare anyone, I, I mean, I dare you to make Choir of Ill Children and, you know, hey, Dean Koontz blurbed it. So you'd have that. Number six is... The Storm by David Morrell, a short story collected in uh, Black Evening, his collection Black Evening. You know, this is a very different opposite side of the spectrum from the last one we talked about, because this is a very simple and subtle horror tale of Creeping Dread by David Morrell, the author of First Blood. Yep, Rambo's dad, as he calls himself. He is also the author of many super underrated novels of thrillers, horror novels, you name it. Uh, Testament, a uh, personal favorite of mine, his second novel, The Totem, Creepers, and Brotherhood of the Rose, to name a few. It's just of my favorites, but I mean, he has a, a decade, decades, two decades of consistent publishing um, thrillers and action books mostly, but uh, really good stuff. The Totem is a great horror novel, uh, for example. But the setup to this one is a simple family vacation, a station wagon trying to head, try to stay ahead of a very crazy storm. And then like some 
vibe and tone things happen. It's a great story. It could make a really intense, low-budget direct streaming film. You know, David Kep would make the heck out of this. David Kep, who wrote uh, Story of Echoes and Panic Room, who's really good at you know, small contained spaces and, and making suspense and tension out of them. But as long as you cast well and you had all the actors like working on the, on the tension and things, you could make a, a really cheap and good movie. And it's time to remind people that David Morell is more than just Rambo. Uh, he has a long career of really awesome books. So yeah, number six, um, The Storm by David Morell. So so for number five, we have uh, one from 1993, and that is Drawing Blood by Poppy Z. Bright. You know, there have been many attempts lately at LGBTQ horror, um, but how about a novelist who was doing it uh, in the early 90s? And uh, Drawing Blood is a gay haunted house novel that's about deep trauma. And while I personally prefer Poppy Z. Bright's Exquisite Corpse, uh, their next novel. I'm not sure that the world was ready for a movie based on, or a movie that's like that transgressive. I mean, like Exquisite Corpse is extremely transgressive. So I don't think the world will ever be ready for a movie like that. But, um, you know, there were a couple attempts uh, to do Exquisite Corpse back in the day. Closer to a traditional horror novel, Drawing Blood yeah, would, would make an excellent horror movie and would um, introduce the world to an important voice in horror fiction, transgender author who, um, you know, wrote some really early classics and then kind of bowed out from, from uh, uh, writing horror fiction. But we got some really, really amazing work early on from Poppy Z. Bright. So really good stuff. And I'd like to draw attention to uh, the three Poppy Z. Bright novels, which are great. I might be cheating with uh, this one, number four, because it's the most recent of all the books. And so number four is House of Fallen Trees by Gina Rinaldi. It had a beautiful Earthlings, or Earthling uh, press like hardcover, I believe. But anyways, House of Fallen Trees, uh, Gina Rinaldi is more known for surrealist bizarro fare like Wall of Kiss, Mother Puncher, and All Men Are Trash, which recently got banned uh, from Facebook and got several people just for posting the title, uh, got them kicked off Facebook. Uh, this novel is a traditional haunted house style story that takes advantage of the Pacific Northwest setting. It's kind of creepy and atmospheric, and I would love to introduce the world, the wider world beyond uh, the publishing underground to uh, Gina Rinaldi, who's a writer, I just, uh, just a writer and person I love very dearly. Gina is amazing. You know, she wrote an entire book about a woman falling in love with a wall, and it works. She wrote an environmental novel called Mother Puncher. I mean, Gina is the queen of zero fucks given in storytelling, and I would love to see a movie made based on her most accessible mainstream work. Now we're getting into the top three. These are the ones that I would probably give a toe to adapt, uh, to work on the screenplays of, um, to produce, to be involved with uh, adapting. Uh, you know, I can't really, like all three of these are ones that I would really want to do, but this one, the Repairman Jack series by F. Paul Wilson. And when I say series, I mean, I want, I, I would 
like to be involved in doing them all. Now, this is a tough one rights-wise because there's over two dozen novels involved in doing Repairman Jack. I mean, more than that, because <clears throat> that's not counting multiple other series and trilogies that take place within the secret history uh, of, of the world um, kind of universe. That includes the adversary cycle and other interconnected universe stuff. There's other trilogies, but I would like to just focus on the Repairman Jack series. And now these novels span Wilson's entire career, Dark Tower style, and it's even deeper than that. I mean, it's like, it, it's, it's really throughout his whole career, you're gonna see um, uh, connections in everything he writes to this world. And so it's, it's, it's pretty uh, immense. So when you look at all this, you, you might be thinking, oh man, that's a tough pitch. But the short pitch is, that um, the Repairman Jack books are like the equalizer with sci-fi, horror, monster, mythology, and more. The 10th book in this series, uh, Harbingers, has one of my favorite twists in a hero's journey that I've ever read anywhere in anything or seen. It's just, um, it's a great twist, but how you get there, that's the issue. Now, I suggest a TV series. Now, these novels are pretty uh, quick paced, but um, you know, like, like, look at this. This is the first three the tomb legacies, and um, uh, oh, what was the third one? Uh, well, anyways, like, uh, <laughs> I'm brain farting, but but I, what I want to see a, a series do is do three of the Repairman Jack novels at a time. As you see, like, we can it's gonna end up uh, conspiracies, that's the third one, conspiracies, um, but. If you did three at a time over a season of TV, that just kind of like how Andor's just been doing it on Star Wars, like um, each novel gets a three episode arc kind of thing, that the structure is right there and you could eventually make the whole series leading up to Night World where it all ends. Um, that being said, uh, let me clarify this pitch. So Hollywood can understand this is IP based on a New York Times best-selling series that you can pitch as Equalizer with monsters, but you could also pitch it as Jack Reacher meets X-Files in the room. Like if you're in the room with investors or whatever, you can say Jack Reacher meets X-Files and you're not really lying. It's, it's kind of reductive, but Repairman Jack is more than that, but it would work. This show is like, or, or this series of books is ready for streaming obsession if it was uh, uh, updated and, and, and done right. And um, F. Paul Wilson uh, is a plotting Yoda. Uh, he would be a great partner with anybody who is adapting this. A couple screenwriters have tried, including David Scow and I believe uh, Craig Spector tried and uh, maybe R.C. Matheson. I'm not sure. A lot of people have tried, uh, but I, look, this this is the time when we have, you know, prestige TV that you could you could really do a fantastic Repairman Jack, and I definitely want to see that. So number three, Repairman Jack series. So here we are at number two, and number two is a doozy. It was one of my favorites in the '90s. Uh, it still is a favorite of mine, and that is Brian Lumley's Necroscope. I think this would make an amazing TV series. Now. Here's the thing, it, you, you have to do a period. It's set in the 1980s Cold War and the Cold War is a huge part of Necroscope and it needs to be that way. It's a brutal spy drama and imagine what if the Cold War erupted into an arms race 
between spy agencies with assets who talk to the dead? What if there was a battle behind the Iron Curtain fought with necromancers and vampires? And Brian Lumley wrote 15 or so of these books. And uh, I'm not a fan of the extended series so much. Um, it gets really sci-fi. And it's not that I'm opposed to that because I'm more of a sci-fi guy, but it's just, I think the story got a little a little out there, but the first three books are unfuckwithable. And I think a series where you adapt um, each of the first three books into the first three seasons, that's just, it, it, it would, you could keep the budget down because you could film in Europe I know period is expensive, but at the same time, if you set a lot of it in Europe and you do it creatively and smartly, you can make you can make this for a, quite a lot. But many people have tried to adapt Necroscope. It was a graphic novel series for a while. Uh, there's some really good art out there uh, for, for that graphic novel. So people can see that. And it's a, a very popular IP for many, many years. And if you get the casting right for Boris Dragcioni, the KGB necromancer and vampire puppet, man, you could create one of the greatest uh, on-screen villains. It would be really, really good stuff. So yeah, number two, Necroscope by Brian Lumley. All right, so number one is not going to be much of a shocker. If you followed my writing on my blog, uh, this is a book that I even wrote some of the bonus features for the ebook. Uh, the author is somebody I'm working on a biography about as a mentor or friend. I've been on the record many times as saying that this is my favorite horror novel of all time. So number one is not a shocker, but it's Wet Bones by John Shirley. Uh, this is my favorite horror novel of all time. And it was written by a master storyteller in the zone as he fought to recover from drug addiction. So this is an angry, defiant piece of just intense horror that is very 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 personal okay and the story is of a father who tracks down his lost daughter who was taken by a serial killer who feeds off the cosmic creature that or he controls the the cosmic creature that feeds off our needs and addictions and so this story could be at the same time a cosmic lovecraftian story and Cronenbergian body horror at the same time. That's what this novel is, uh, kind of unintentionally. But, you know, when you make it into a movie, it, it would have all those things. And here's the interesting thing is it eventually comments also on Hollywood in the studio system. Like John was um, trying, was, was working on getting, um, you know, The Crow made at the time, which he did. He eventually did. He's one of the credited screenwriters in The Crow, but you know he was going through the Hollywood thing, and so that that bleeds into the novel as well with some kind of eyes wide shutish, like uh, Hollywood cult stuff that's really really interesting. So I would go into the room and pitch this as Requiem for a Dream if David uh, young David Cronenberg directed it. Hell, you could hire Brandon Cronenberg, the son <laughs> of David Cronenberg, to direct this. So Brandon, if you're out there, give John and me a call because. I think, uh, you know, we could work together and make a, a really great Wet Bones. We got you. We got you. Yeah, because I mean, and if you've never read Wet Bones, I mean, like, there's a reason why I think it's the best. I've read it three times. Uh, some the, the stuff that I wrote for the bonus features of the ebook is available uh, on my blog. So you can see more material. I interviewed John about it and got, you know, really intense on it. Yeah, I love Wet Bones. It, it, it is absolutely the best. So anyways, let's do some honorable mentions. 
I thought about Fledgling by uh, Octavia Butler uh, with her vampire novel. Uh, I thought about maybe four or so different Robert McCammon novels. I would love to see Stinger. John Shirley actually wrote a screenplay for Stinger and it's very good. You wouldn't have to change much from that. You could use that screenplay actually. Uh, Mine, which Frank Darabont owned the rights to by Robert McCammon. I would love to see that. You'd have to do that one period. Uh, Swan Song. It's better than The Stand. Um, I know that's a hot take. Uh, Lansdale's at the Drive-In Ceremonies by T.E.D. Klein. These are um, ones that came really close to getting into my top 10. Uh, But if you haven't read any of those, those are a good place to start too. And anything on this list, I highly recommend reading. Uh, But don't forget to subscribe, like this video to get more content like this uh, from Postcards from a Dying World or over at uh, my other podcast, uh, the Dickheads podcast, if you want Philip K. Dick stuff. I mean, Philip K. Dick wrote horror too, by the way. Like his masterpiece, Three Stigmata of Palmer Eldridge is is every bit as much horror as it is science fiction. Um, so, you know, horror fans, like you should, you should be getting into Philip K. Dick too, but I cover more of the sci-fi history over there. Anyways, um, I know these videos live forever, so it's not out now, but, uh, you know, if you, well, here's the thing. First, if you want to support my work, I don't have a Patreon. There's links to my books below. I have a Splatterpunk Award nominated novel called uh, Ring of Fire, which is a climate change apocalypse novel. That's, uh, and uh, Punk Rock Ghost Story are probably my two uh, favorite horror novels that I've written. And then, uh, but I have a a horror crime novel coming out uh, any day now from Grand Mall Press. Most of you watching this video, it's already out and it's called Nightmare City, co-written with my Dickheads co-host, Anthony Trevino. So that's Nightmare City by David Agronoff and Anthony Trevino. And I recommend that book for horror fans because we wrote it as, Kind of the way we wanted it to turn out is The Wire if Clive Barker and Philip K. Dick were on the writing staff. And so it's sci-fi, horror, crime, um, really weird. And then I have a horror novel coming out in um, the summer of 2023 from Clash Books that all takes place on the last day of World War II, and that's called The Last Night to Kill Nazis. So keep an eye out for that. Please pre-order that one because that's um, a big book for me you want a horror novel that takes place at the end of the war about killing Nazis. Trust me. So yeah, um, that's my top 10 favorite horror novels for horror fiction pieces. There's two short stories uh, that should um, and should be Hollywood productions. So yeah, Hollywood, give me a call. Let's, let's make some work. Let's do it.